What's up, guys? Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. I'm George LaHoff, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Luke Pretty and Winston Moy. Luke, how you been, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I was getting used to the whole teleworking or teleteaching thing, and um, I just had my spring break, so nice relaxing week plus three days, and I'm rejuvenated, ready to kind of get back to it. So what about you, Winston? How's sunny California? Uh, it's... It's good. Uh, this weekend has been a little toasty. We hit like 95 degrees yesterday, so uh, feels like summer. Oh my god. <laughs> Rough life over there. <laughs> yeah. We've been like right? steady around 50, and yet yeah, it's about to be gray for the next five days at least. Yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. No more yard work nice. for us at that point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's been pretty rough. Um, so I've been um, really busy over here. I'm so like I, I tell I tell everybody I'm so shocked at how it's you're at home you think you're gonna have so much more time to get stuff done and it's it's just been insane. Well, I've had more dartboards in the garage than I could even fit. Uh, we've been trying to print as many of these masks as possible, and I think we're up to 200 now, which is really awesome. Nice. And then uh, teleworking with work has been insane for 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 my full time job. I've had to work till 8 p.m. one day. And then the other day I went till 10 p.m. And I, I was just like, how is this happening? Like, you, you should have so much more time in these scenarios. Wow. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, completely out of it. No more time anymore. And, and, and everything's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem fair to be adding time to your real job or full-time job, right? Like... You know what I found? And I think this is a pretty, I think it's pretty interesting you know, obviously, when you're at work, you have people talk, and there, there's those normal distractions. But more so, when they're at home and nothing else to do, they're just constantly emailing. Mm. So when I used to have like a couple tasks each day, I would start one, and nobody would email me back until maybe a couple of days later. Now it's like within the hour, they're emailing back, so that job just keeps rolling, as well as other jobs rolling on top of it, and it keeps just this giant snowball happens, I guess. So I, I've, I'm, I'm still focusing on learning on, all right, you know, I'm not going to send emails until 11. I, I store them and they're ready to get sent out at like 11 a.m. And then that'll go out. And then I'm, I'm like spacing my time out like that so that I don't have to. Because I, I go I go, I go, go pretty crazy. If, if there's an email there, I'm like, I'm like squirrel right there. You know, I got to go to that <laughs> job and then this job and nothing will get done <laughs> at that point. You know, so it's been it's been pretty crazy on my end as well. Oh, and, and as you mentioned, Luke, the weather's been terrible. Me and Michelle finally got to start doing more outdoor yard work yesterday. We're painting the fence. We're cleaning the yard. And we could only do it yesterday. Today's bad yeah. weather, raining outside. The next five days is going to be raining. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of unfortunate. You know, yeah, I'm getting real the 95 excited. degree weather. <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep thinking is right now I'm saying I want that 95 degree weather, but I'm sure that'll come and I'll be the grass is always greener. Uh, why yeah. don't we have those 50 and 60 degree days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, just imagine having a south facing garage that doesn't have AC in it. Oh, it makes productivity productivity a lot more difficult. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's 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 yeah. That's you're working in you know like a, an oven at that point in this in a sense. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I, I might insulate the garage door. We'll see. Okay. You have a window in there. Why don't you get a window unit going? Uh, there's no window. There's a side door. Um, but there's no good way to just like completely block out the inside air, or block out the inside air from going to the outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's actually some vents in the wall um, that are just covered with like chicken wire. So it, I feel like I found that with like California architecture, it's like a lot more open, like you've got a lot more like ventilation to the outside because the it's typically drier. So like you just, you have holes in your garage wall and it's not airtight. Uh, so it's actually gonna be really hard to try and uh, if I wanted to air condition it to actually isolate the air. So oh, I just got to learn to deal with the heat, I guess. Yeah. Body acclimatization. Really big right? box fan. <laughs> yeah. I think I still prefer that heat, man. I got to tell you, it's, it's, I, I prefer to sit outside on the driveway and do work and, and sweat it out a bit, but, but I get it. You know, it's, it, it makes you have to take more breaks and stuff like that. I, I will say it's easier to, work in the heat and just take more frequent breaks and just drink a lot more water than it is to work like 
in the wintertime in New Jersey in a cold garage where you just, you go in and you're like, your hands start cramping up and like, just, you're just miserable all the time. <laughs> well, not so. only that, like the, the temperature, like wood glue, right? Um, it dries faster in the heat, right? But in the cold, like it, it becomes like rock solid. I've like cut myself on wood glue in the cold, like a million times because <laughs> it's just like sharp as nails at a certain point. So yeah. it's, it's, it's dealing with all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just how it is. I well, guess. yeah. And then even if you hit yourself or slip in the cold, you know, have like that pain. It's like, oh God, <laughs> I need gloves on. But then you don't want gloves on because you lose your dexterity. So yeah, you're like constantly fighting something. And then, like, your your finishes don't cure properly, so, like, half your projects, you gotta, like, wait for a warmer day, or it's like, oh, it's too cold in the garage, I can't, like, put polyurethane on or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm actually gonna be doing, jumping back on the Iron Man epoxy project soon, so I'm gonna try and focus on having as much of a temperature control in that garage as i can maybe i'll just do it in the house at that point in my office i'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah i used to do a lot of the epoxy stuff um in my basement in my first house because i felt it was really consistent temperature down there but i always wondered like is there some voc thing that i should be worried about or with epoxy is that not as much of a concern no it's, it's really dangerous you got to be careful with the okay. fumes for sure um particularly the hardener if you read the back of that bottle, it's usually a lot scarier than the the part A compound. Oh, okay. Um, so you got to make sure like you mix them in the right proportion. If you have excess of the hardener, um, A it can like lead to a runaway reaction. So your epoxy overheats and it doesn't cure properly, um, or it's just at least looking at the total boat stuff. It's just it tends to be uh, that part two, the the part B hardener is the more toxic of the two. So you don't want to have extra of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I remember reading a Reddit forum before of a bunch of people complaining about getting headaches because they didn't know about warnings and they never wore masks and they just breathed it all in. I mean, I remember seeing, so you've seen those um, beach epoxy, you know, they try to make it look like a beach on top of a cutting. Mm -hmm. I went through and actually commented on somebody's because they were telling people uh, to make the effect, take a straw and blow on right up to make that instead of using like a heat gun or something i'm like this guy's literally breathing in sucking through a straw right at the source of the epoxy and blow i'm like that is so dangerous and he had like a million views of like all these people like you're caught it's it's just so dangerous if you're not like edgy and there's definitely something i mean there must be something where because i think i told you this was and this happened back in summer i was making this giant um this epoxy computer desk for my buddy and I don't know if I told you this, Luke, but remind me if I did. I, I was making it, finally got to like the last coat of the epoxy, went into my house. At the time, we were actually having a fruit fly problem because we had bananas outside and we forgot to put them in the fridge. The next morning, I go in to check the cure of the, ta of the table and all of the fruit flies were oh my God. along the entire table. And, you know, I had a little bit of time to, before it was completely set. So I literally went through with like tweezers and picked each fruit fly out because it was going to be, they were like deep in there. So it would have, I would have been playing like the whole thing through. So I went through and like picked every single fruit fly, but it was insane. I don't know what drew, I told Total Boat, they were like laughing their asses off about it. I don't know what, what drew them in there, but uh, the, the epoxy like was attracted fruit flies all over. They went in there and they got all stuck and I was like, Oh man, that was <laughs> that was an interesting to learn. So there's that's a, a bunch new, of things I guess about epoxy. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those new DIY how to get rid of fruit flies. You know, you <laughs> yeah. see like apple cider vinegar and dishwasher soap, that or epoxy, and Just then you epoxy, have epoxy sticks to them way better. <laughs> You'll yeah. never get out. <laughs> yeah, and then you have oh, a cool man. encasing of all those fruit flies, kind of like a fossil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, Johnny Bills. He he just did that. He does that uh, scorpion knife. He like uh, he um, puts a a scorpion inside of an epoxy for the handle of a knife, and it looks sick. Mm -hmm. But yeah, maybe I should have made a fruit fly computer. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> been hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so I think Winston, you had a good topic for today, right? What what did you want to uh, run through today? Um. So just based on the fact that we're in really weird times and our schedules and routines keep changing um, i wanted to ask you guys if there's anything you guys are doing or anything you guys are doing differently to sort of keep your keep your schedule and also keep your sanity in check 
you first, well, Luke. <laughs> okay. All right. I think that's a good way to start because I don't have the best advice for somebody of how to stay organized. I'm, I think I told you guys last night, I'm trying to find a good system because I was using, say, school as my regimen. And I knew what class like I would be working on. And then afterwards, maybe who I had to grade their homework or whatever. So that kind of kept me regimented. Now, um, being everything is virtual, um, I've even asked my wife, I was like, hey, like, let's try to use some of these different time management skills and see if you can kind of um, help me find inefficiencies in what I'm doing. So I'm trying right now, it's not a schedule, but it's one of those matrices where you have your um, to do today in the top right corner. You have like, you know, your next up is right below it. So it's I, I think you do kind of like time essential and priority is what you're looking at. And you figure things out. And the one box in the bottom left is just try to eliminate it or find something, something else that can kind of get that done for you. Um, so I'm doing things like that. And then it becomes a cue as to just do whatever is on the to do um, box, do that first, whatever's in the first list, and then just work your way down. If you can clear that out, move on to the box below it. So it's not very regimented. Um, it's kind of helped me at least guide me for our window bench project that I'm almost done. Um, but a thing that I'm noticing is that I keep adding and adding and adding to <laughs> it. And then that kind of like creates a chaos. So with that, I was wondering if you guys could kind of like walk me through what you do and then see if I can use that for myself. Well, do you find that you follow that, Luke? When you had a to-do list, do you actually find that you actually hit that in the priority order that you set it at? Um, let's see. For the last week, I did, but I also um, was just coming off spring break, so I did not have as much to grade, whereas now I have a new priority, which is you know staying on top and giving students feedback. And I didn't want to put that on there. I wanted to kind of keep this like not school related. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm starting to find that now I have less time to do it. So I think going into a schedule so that I'm giving myself, you know, say a three block window to do not school stuff. And I can just really focus and get into that. It might work that I can really hit those um, tasks. But yeah, over spring break, I was able to do it more or less. I just, um, I'm noticing like this past week, it kind of was like, you know, eh, I'll get to yeah. it when I get to it. So that, that makes complete sense. So, so I was going to say, cause I have different ways of how I manage the different things I try to do, but when I get an Etsy order or an order from a customer that will jump the priority, right? Cause mm -hmm. the dartboards I've been saying, I'll make it within, I think seven to 10 days in shipping. So that automatically starts a clock, right? Um, and then if I have anything for any sponsors, like a video, that starts a clock. So so for me, it's more of, um, and, and then obviously as a maker, you do it for fun a lot of times. So I have a whole bunch of things I want to do, uh, you know, to to fill my happiness and and, and, and uh, fulfill all the, those type of things as well. So so I have a different, a bunch of different things I do. Um, one, I have OneNote. Uh, I use OneNote to do uh, hand sketches, hand design. So, so for bigger projects. So, um, I'm going to be doing a full arcade cabinet um, using the Maslow. And there's a bunch of different research out there. Uh, where I'm probably going to use Raspberry Pi, uh, PiCade, or RetroPi, whatever it is. Um, and so, I've been going through and getting all the different sources and putting that into OneNote. And each OneNote. Um, folder i have one for like youtube i have one for etsy orders i have one um I, for, I forgot the entire list right now but all the folders are my different uh streamlines i'd say so um so the rk cabinet falls under the youtube one because i'm not selling it it's just going to be a how-to type of thing um so within that folder i'll have that sheet for that design um, and this is all just the preliminary stuff of me just figuring stuff out how much things are going to cost um and kind of sets um uh, step by step of what I should do. And then I'll normally take it into fusion or SketchUp and really get the dimensions down. Uh, kind of like I was talking to you guys, uh, maybe probably a month or two ago now that I'm really trying to create all my design designs in fusion or SketchUp so that, um, when I get to the work, I know what to cut, how much to cut, and it just speeds up the timeline so much. Um, and then, uh, I don't have it up here with me right now, but I have this black book. Um, that is my weekly planner. Um, as well as there's notes in the back of it. So that'll say, you know, that's what keeps my brain focused because of the full-time job. So full-time job, 
when I'm working and nothing else, uh, my, my mind doesn't go anywhere else. So I'm focused on work, but I want to be able to get right to the maker business right after uh, the full-time job. So I will, in the beginning of the week, I'll jot down what Monday, Tuesday, you know, all the way throughout the week I need to get done to hit. If it's the orders, if it's the YouTube videos, whatever that is, um, as well as uh, in the back of that black book is a note section. And that's where I'll jot any ideas I have that I can't focus time on right now, even for designing. Uh, but I know it's a cool idea that I want to try to tackle later down the road. So, um, you know, whenever I get free time, I'll go back to the end of that black book and I'll say, oh, this was a cool idea I had. I want to try and let, let me add this to the list now. And it'll go into OneNote or go into the weekly planner at, at that point. And that's been working pretty well. As well as one other thing uh, I mentioned to you guys last week or, or last time we talked um, that um, I'm going to try for video editing that it's, it's like shameful of me that I wasn't able to get any videos even though we're at home this entire time. So now um, I commit like the last two hours, I, I might stay up late, uh, but like the last two hours of, of the night and maybe the first hour in the morning to video editing. So that's been going really well. I got one video out last week. I, I have another video um, I'm hoping to get out uh, probably tomorrow. Um, so it's actually let me focus on it. So I focus because at nighttime, you know, I might be more tired, uh, you know, and, and work on the computer actually. Um, it's like a different uh, tune. So it kind of keeps you going and motivational wise, I think. Uh, so that's been working really well. That's 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 the new game plan with with everything going on with uh, COVID-19, at least. Um, apart from that, we've got the 3D printing running full time. And Michelle, my wife, has been amazing at uh, she's really taken uh, the, the task of taking the 3D printed parts and and finalizing every part of those masks. Uh, so we're just we're just chunking as much as we can and kind of going full steam ahead it, it, this you know it's not perfect by any means i fall behind all the time to be honest uh, I, I think a lot of people do uh but it's it's some type of method to the madness that i try i'm sure winston has like a lot more knowledge in, in how to organize this because you have the the whole full-time similar job to the part-time you know side hustle you got going winston so i'd love to hear what you got too there, I have nothing profound to add. <laughs> um, I will, I will tack on to what you said about like editing late at night. Um, usually, I just have video editing marathons, which I can't fully recommend because it's just it's really draining. But the good thing about if you just set aside an hour or two at night is, um, if you make a little progress in a video, you you get that done. You go to sleep. Um, you've seen your progress you might have more ideas for like where you want to go so that just that incentivizes you like hey i'll come back tomorrow and just make a little more progress like you can see that progression those milestones of like hey like the first couple minutes is great i really want to finish it um so that helps bring you back um just back to editing um you come back refreshed and also when you sleep like you can just like let those ideas simmer in the back of your head so you might have more ideas for like how you want to finish the video or like some message or through through line or like a joke you want to insert so i think it's actually really great to be able to split up your editing time like that i think it's um, necessary because along yeah. exactly along what you're saying at nighttime i'll do you know the majority of the video editing is, is cutting away all the, the the footage you don't need and, and piecing together in some type of timeline the next morning i will always find the the way I want it to smooth out and the music and how it's going to work out. Cause you only, you almost have a whole different take from an outside perspective because you're refreshed at that point. And I'll normally wait another entire day to rewatch the video and do another editing because once you're just like in it, you, you just get kind of focused on, and you're watching yourself. Like it's like a whole weird mindset. Cause it's not like you're, you're watching somebody's video where you could really notice everything you want to do to fix that video and what you liked and what you didn't like. You're watching yourself. You don't know what people are going to like. You don't know what what you're gonna what you like or really don't like at that point. You're just trying to do the best you can. So, I, I agree with you, Winston. You know, different days, at least for the video editing part, really helps um, at least produce a better quality thing. As well as you know, you dedicate a little bit of time every uh, to it every day, and then it'll get done before you know it. You know. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I've been doing, which is it's not really maker related, um, but it's just 
the my biggest problem is distractions. Like I'm I'm sitting in front of the same computer. So it's not like you, George, where it's like your work computer, you VPN in, like you've got Outlook open. And so when you've got that laptop open, you're in work mode. For me, it's just this is my laptop. Like wow, I edit. I, I never here, even thought of that. <laughs> I, I checked like YouTube and stuff and yeah. like my social media. So just like being in my room, being the office, like I don't have that separation of like work time and off time. Oh, wow. And like some of the worst things like that I'll do is like, like before bed, I'll just open up my phone and I'll, I'll, I'll start browsing social media. Like or I'll like watch a YouTube video. Like it's distracting and it takes away time. And it's like in the morning, I'm like, I should have just gone to bed half an hour earlier. Um, so like one of the things I've been doing is just because I'm still on the on the mend from my dislocated shoulder is like i'll just i'll do a little stretching before bed um i'll just i'll put down my phone i'll i'll just sort of like lay in bed and just like rotate my shoulder a couple times just lay down and just apply constant pressure and it's it's not quite meditating but just the fact that i'm i'm focusing on something like my breathing like the just the 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 stretching the the slight pain level it's actually kind of therapeutic in a way like um, because when i'm done with that i'm like all right i'll just I'll go to bed now. Like I don't have that desire to like pull open my phone and just waste another half hour before falling asleep. Um, so just, just little physical things in the routine. Um, I've been finding I've been slowly just taking away some of those bad habits that I have. Um, and you go but for I still have every day too, right? I mean, not every day. It's, it's typically every other day. Okay. Um, which uh, sometimes my schedule has to work around just the, the weather or things to do so like the past couple days being really hot like i've had to wake up early in the morning to go for a run instead of gotcha. going late in the afternoon that's what i was gonna ask gotcha. um, all right or like uh thursday friday before like it hit 95 on saturday i was like trying to get in all of my my projects my cnc stuff so i could do editing indoors on saturday mm -hmm. um, so i've been shuffling around priorities based on that the other thing that's been sort of a constant in my life right now is the live streams I'm doing for Carbide 3D. Oh, yeah. How are those going? And those are, they're going all right. But it's like, it's every Friday. And Luke, this is where I kind of wanted to bounce something off you, mm -hmm. which is um, I am trying to come up with a new thing to teach every Friday. And just the process of like sort of like lesson planning and stuff. Uh, just like how do you come up with a curriculum that like you know is going to span like at least half an hour and then how do you just have the confidence to to present all of that because i'm finding so many challenges where it's like all right i, I came up with a project now i've got to figure out how to put it into words which usually i'm doing for a video so i can think about it and think through my delivery of it and make it super concise but now i'm trying to explain all the nuances in real time uh, trying not to miss any important steps and communicate these things I don't know how you do it as a teacher. Well, so remember, I'm a first year teacher. I haven't even made it through my first year of teaching, but I have learned a lot about the whole, say, like concept of lesson planning. And I'm still trying to figure out like the nuances of that. So alongside of you have this project and you're trying to figure out how to teach all of it and what to teach and everything, um, there's the aspect of different ways to deliver it. And something that um, I've been told, at least in education, they do what's called backward design. So you figure out what you're trying to teach, like the objective that you're trying to hit, and then you figure out what assessment or project that you're going to give them to learn that skill or objective. Whereas lots of times, like what you were saying, Winston, and how I think is, hey, I wanna make, an, uh, I wanna make a desk or an end table, right? okay, what do I need to do to make that end table or desk? And I'll figure out the skills that I have a little bit of knowledge in. Um, what, what we need to do as like an educator is say, what are some of the skills though that they need? Eventually when they have these five skills and we put them together, you could make a desk or an end table. So um, I think that might be, this backward design might be better for younger students, people who don't have as much background knowledge. So for your audience, it may be okay to say, hey, we are going for an end table or a desk or a phone stand or whatever you're making. And here are some of the skills that I'm using or techniques that I'm using. And here's more information about each of those techniques. I think it might be okay for you to not necessarily do the backward design aspect. Um, and I'll try to give an example in case that's not making sense, because for me, it, it didn't make sense when they were first telling me it. But um, 
say we were trying to make a sanding block. That's what I started with. That was the first project. Pretty boring, especially if you think of yourself as a middle school student. Um, and I was telling all the students, I need you to measure a three and a half inch piece of wood. And, you know, they come out and they give me a four inch piece, a two inch piece, every other number besides three and a half inches. And I ask them to say or ask them to tell me, you know, how did you do it? Or, you know, how did you measure it? How did you cut it? And they just said, I grabbed the saw and cut what I thought was three and a half inches. They actually <laughs> didn't know how to use a ruler. So what I need to do is say, okay, in about a month or two, we'll end up making a sanding block. But the first skill you need in doing this is you need to know how to measure, right? Or you might even need to know what's a piece of wood. They get that, right? Like you start really breaking it down to the bare minimum um, skills or pieces of knowledge and then you do a lesson based off of that skill or knowledge. So I had to say, like, here's a ruler. You line it up with the zero, and then each tick mark is a 1 16th or 1 8th. If you have 8 eighths, you have 1 inch, right? And, like, show them all the different things that we take for granted when we look at a ruler. Mm -hmm. um, and now that they have that skill, I'm allowed to assume that they have that skill and I can move past that. But before showing that nuance, right, like I shouldn't be assuming it. And it's I mean, that very makes complete sense, right? Because yeah. if you think about it, anytime you ever learned anything mm -hmm. in college or whatever, everything starts to fall apart the second one piece of information is missing because all your mm -hmm. brain starts to do is, well, how do I figure this thing out? What, like, how do mm -hmm. I, how do, and then everything else they're talking about kind of goes out the window. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, Luke, you're, you're talking, you know, to a very set audience. Um, and that advice makes so much sense probably for Winston, but I would, maybe you start off by saying what you should know going into this uh, mm -hmm. session or something. And then they, you know, they're on YouTube anyways to look at you. So they could YouTube those other things they should know, unless mm -hmm. that's your goal to teach everything uh, about it. I mean, that makes a lot of yeah. sense, Luke. That's awesome. So one thing that my supervisor told me, I think this is a tip Winston that, um, would really help you is like have, and it sounds like you have a notebook, but you would have a notebook with you as you make this thing, whatever it is, or as you are, um, say like working with your CNC and every single move you make, whether it's grabbing a certain tool, um, if it's tightening down a screw or a clamp, every move you make, you write it down and it becomes the, like the recipe or the actual task list to change a bit so that you're ready to do, you know, drilling or uh, roundovers or whatever, right? Like that would help you then look back and say, okay, I need to explain maybe steps one, four, and nine, because those are ones that don't really make sense to somebody who's new to this. Um, also, like mm -hmm. what George is saying is you might have different skill levels. So you could start categorizing maybe your videos as this is a beginner, intermediate, advanced class. And there's certain things that are expected of you as the viewer. Um, there's a lot of ways you could break it down. But when it comes to curriculum, I haven't had to do that yet. I've only had to look at curriculum. And I actually really want to look back at my woodworking curriculum over the summer and say, you know, like, how would I build a foundation? Like, you know, measuring is clearly an important thing. Um, maybe like certain tools are um, critical whatever those foundational tools are, that's what I'll um, start with and then build from there. But I haven't had to do that yet. So we're kind of on the same page where we're learning about it. Um, there's just, there's so much information out there. I, I don't want to like keep going on about it, but um, does that kind of answer your question, you think? Yeah, it does. And it actually, it kind of makes a perfect segue to one of the things I wanted to ask next. But um, so I've been watching a lot of something different than what I usually do. Um, like I've usually got my my YouTube subscription like feed and like I'll watch the same things. Recently, one of my friends um, introduced me to um, Jay uh, Kenji Lopez Alt's uh, Cooking Guys channel, um, and he's I don't know if you guys watch Good Eats oh, yeah. Alton Brown, yeah. but he he's a wealth of knowledge just like that. And one of the video series that he's been doing um, during the whole quarantine thing is. Um, uh, pov cooking so like point of view perspective he puts a gopro on his head and he'll just like walk through like 20 minutes of how he's making lunch and the things you do on camera in real time are different than what you would talk about or necessarily show if you're doing this as like a prepared 
uh, like video. So when I make a script for my video, I'm thinking through like in my memory, like what are the steps I do and what are the important things that I think are, are key to highlight. But when you're recording and speaking in the moment as you do like oh like i'm i'm clamping things down this is the technique i'm using to make sure everything's square like you start thinking of little things that you're doing right there and start talking about it whereas if you look back on this if you're making a video from footage you recorded previously you might emphasize different things so i actually i kind of want to just try that out put a gopro on my head and just record myself in the shop and just go through a really short project maybe like 15 minutes of machining but also show the, the 10 minutes beforehand and the five minutes afterwards of like setting things up, doing a little sanding, finishing, how I just take the piece off and like figure out, do I need it? Does it need any more work? What kind of finish am I going to put on it? Those kinds of decisions that you make in the moment um, are often lost when you're doing a more produced video. So I don't know. I kind of want to take it back to basics maybe and just try explaining things as they come into my head in real time, the decisions I'm making right there. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I feel like that's a um, this time is really a good time to try that the whole live streaming thing that yeah. you can have more prepared lessons, but then also the true live aspect of hey, you're in the shop with me. I'm doing this quick project, and I'm going to try to give you a glimpse as to all the thoughts, ideas, decisions, and all of that that I'm making in real time over the next 25 minutes. Um, that's something I know a while ago, I was like, Hey, look how cool it is. I finally got my GoPro. I'm going to put it on my head and film everything. <laughs> and it's great. But then I started noticing, um, you know, the time-lapse aspect of it because I was nervous to kind of like talk, um, as I was doing mm -hmm. it. And I thought it would get boring after say 10 minutes of this point of view, uh, reference, but like you saying that, I feel like it can, one, be ben beneficial to yourself to see all the things that you've done um, and maybe find inefficiencies as well as like, oh, you know what? I wonder what would have happened if I made a different decision or tried a different clamping method. Would I have had a better result? Um, so I think that there's kind of that reflection of going through that whole process or that whole project again. Um, you could maybe learn a little bit from it. But then there's so many people out there that can appreciate, oh, I wonder, you know, why didn't he make this decision? I could now comment about um, exactly why you made that decision and now how I would have done it. So again, you could find another way for yourself to learn, but now you have a good way to go back and forth with your community. So um, it seems like that would be a cool uh, thing to take on to try to do that whole point of view um you know, machining and CNC work. I like that idea. I, I would also suggest, I mean, your your world is a little bit different. So so think about it. So so all the cooking stuff. A GoPro makes sense because seeing everything from the point of your POV and everything's really hands on. But a lot of what you do, Winston, is on the computer. I mean, the majority of your work is first hour on the computer. I would suggest taking a look at YouTubers, programmers, um, some people who maybe walk through like Premiere Pro tutorials stuff like that. Those guys have really found a way to master um, how to describe like, let's use coding for an example describe how they're going to be doing coding as well as showing them the coding process so you get the you get both of them your personality you explaining something as well as uh the step-by-step -step of something done on an actual computer is a little bit more uh specific to you and your area i think i think mastering that helps people follow along a lot, a lot more because you could tell somebody that you went through and did your cad model and did all these step overs and whatnot but if they don't actually know how to do different step overs or different uh, machining processes infusion or whatever your program is you've lost them at that point you know and so so maybe taking a look at some of those youtubers could help as well yeah um there's and that's kind of why the live stream format is great because people can jump in they can ask you what they need clarification on um i've been trying to come up with sort of like somewhere in between live stream and like a, a fully produced video though which is like i'll just open up fusion 360 or something and just while i'm designing something for the first time i'll just talk through that process which i think it would be an easy way to make like quick content because it's like just off the cuff on the fly i don't need to like pre-plan everything and edit everything down um, my issue just comes down to, I don't know if I have the confidence to speak through the process the very first time I do it. So for all of these live streams I've been doing, I've been making the project first, like in its entirety, 
and then recording some of it, cutting it together into a montage that I show at the end of the live stream. And then when I'm showing on the stuff on the live stream, it's like, I've done it before, so I can give you like the exactly the steps you need without like taking any dead ends or like making any mistakes, um, which it's, it's better for the flow of the show. Um, but I don't know that it's necessarily as honest as like, like, because I will make mistakes and I try not to show it on the live stream, but some, there can be a happy medium where you show a little bit of that side of like, oh, like I just did something wrong. This is a bit of a dead end. I got to backtrack a little bit. Um, but if I had just a little more confidence in my ability to teach, um, I would actually maybe try and make something for the first time, like on a live stream or just recording it, even though I know like it's not going to be the most efficient way to teach because I'm going to go on some of these tangents. Mm -hmm. So I think I think you you start to teach a pretty great lesson when they get to see you purely walking through something the very first time and they get to see that they you feel a lot of what they feel right when they're going through it and they start to think like wow this isn't out of my realm of what I can actually accomplish because they see something I mean you clean up your stuff so well when you present it that they think they might start to think that oh wow it should be a lot easier than what I'm facing my challenges through and maybe you make a fusion Friday session on, you know, uh, like the, the first time uh, attempt of this. So people actually get that. It's, it's all about the experience of walking through it with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's it's it's a confidence thing probably for sure. But that that's where it's OK to to mess up that kind of thing. You know, it's 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 a whole different type of video at that point. Yeah, I know something that um, my supervisor was telling me is to not always um, what's that applaud the correct way to do things but it's actually okay and there's times where you want to show the incorrect way of doing things so say like when I was trying to show them how to cut something with a saw you could give every student here hold a saw and um, show me how you would cut a piece of wood and I get to then you know see oh that person they've done this before they know their technique I'll call them up front and then find somebody who, uh-oh, they're holding the saw upside down or with both hands in a weird way. And, okay, we'll bring both of them up front. Now you would show the class to be like, okay, hey, um, you know, Johnny and Sally, I want both of you guys to pretend like you're sawing a imaginary piece of wood. Everybody watch and see the different techniques. Now everybody's seeing a good and bad technique. They don't know the difference yet. And um, they're getting to just observe. They're saying, oh, I was similar to Johnny. And then other people are thinking, I was similar to Sally. And then the other group thinking, I'm totally different than both of them. Now everybody can start a discussion based off of what they've seen to see, okay, what do you think looks better or worse? What's safer? And you could do something where you still pre-plan. And then you say, hey, at this point, when I first tried this, I'm, I went down this rabbit hole and it didn't work. I'll show you a quick little... Um, like what's it preview of that mistake and if that were to happen these were some of the thoughts I had because again that's what the supervisor was saying if you can bring it down to like the problem solving skills and not just the techniques that they need to learn um, then that makes it more realistic that they can start to say okay I don't remember how to do this but I remember this is how I should think through the problem Am I being safe? You know, am I using the right tool? Did I measure twice? Am I cutting once? Like, then they can start kind of going through a checklist that they're learning from you, um, how you thought through the problem. And that's where you get to teach somebody to fish instead of, you know, going fishing for them or whatever that um, nice saying is. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's actually good to not go into something with every single answer already, already figured out because... I've had some some pretty profound learning moments of just realizing, oh, I completely overthought this. Um, in one of the live streams, I was describing a machined feature where I had some issues. Like I was trying to machine around a corner and I was getting like the tear out or blowout in that corner. And I was um, like explaining like, hey, like this is a problem I ran into. Um, and I was also saying like, if you were to jump to a more advanced software and like did these hacks, like you could maybe avoid this problem. And then someone else commented like, or you could actually just do it in a different order where that corner, um, wouldn't be a problem if you machined it first in like this step. And I was like, oh, that's actually a, a far more elegant solution. That sense, yeah. <laughs> and that little epiphany is something that I could roll into the 
the proper produced video I make uh, in the future for this project. Um, so sometimes like that learning goes both ways. Yeah. And if you can be like sort of just uh, be a little more vulnerable in the fact that you don't know absolutely everything, um, it can be it can benefit people on both sides. Yeah. And you saying so. that like being vulnerable and being vulnerable it'll create confidence right you'll start understanding like you don't have to be at this it's the wrong word but like at the godlike level of knowing everything and being able to answer all the questions again that was something that if you can get down to the level of um explaining when you don't know something and you show your students hey you go on youtube to figure something out or you google it um, and again, like maybe certain pages that you go to, like Reddit forums or somebody else's YouTube page um, who has maybe a couple of these answers, they'll learn, oh, that's a resource that I could use. Um, but you'll then build the confidence that these people aren't looking at me like I'm dumb or don't know it. They actually probably respect me more now because they understand, you know, you're human, you're you make the mistakes, mm -hmm. but you have that resilience to work through that problem. And you're not just kind of like, oh, throw my hands up, I give up, I can't finish it. And so, and not only that, yeah. I mean, so, so think about it this way, right? People go to watch your pre-recorded YouTube videos, some for entertainment, some for learning, and they understand it's uh, some type of a scheduled showing of what you've created there. But people join live sessions for interaction, right? It is purely... Well, two reasons, right? One's interactions, two are family and loved ones who are there to support you. And you got some, <laughs> some of those guys there. But but you go into, at least I've always gone into um, these live sessions, hoping to ask a question and get a, a specific answer. I'm not actually going in there expecting to watch some pre-recorded step-by-step of anything, to be honest. I, I want to see, I think it'd be interesting. Honestly, I might leave if it's something that, um, you know, I might already know, or if it, it looks like a step through of something I've already seen before, but if it's something where, um, they're taking questions and actually answering people who I'm seeing ask a question for, that's, that's pretty interesting to me. That's, that's what I thought those live sessions are, are supposed to kind of be, uh, more addressing. And it's a, it's a different type of video at that point, you know? So, so I would, I would keep it almost as, as pure as you possibly can, obviously knowing what, you, but you, you're the guy that knows cnc infusion you i would trust in yourself that you can probably answer a, a, a large majority of the question and if somebody's asking you a question that you don't know that's your growth right there right that's that's a benefit to you mm -hmm. as well so so uh I would, I would keep it as pure as possible personally for, for my own of what i'd go in there for but mm -hmm. yeah cool well um so this kind of like killed the segue that I was going for way before. We're really good at but, that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, this whole thing has been uh, sort of just changing my routine a little bit, and I'm wondering if you guys have um, done any di any anything differently in these past few weeks, or if you've uh, I don't know just even started watching something different or listening to something different. Um, what's what's something new you've added to your routine? Um, well, for me, um, I used to be very adamant about I'm not watching TV. I'm not going to waste my time with something like that, like trying to be high and mighty or whatever, that I'm purely <laughs> a maker and a teacher, nothing else. And I realized that was making me robotic to a lot of things and like not connecting, whether it be with family or friends or even, say, with my wife. So I've kind of made it a point that around nine o'clock or so, that's where I kind of wind down and we turn on Netflix and now we have a couple of shows that we've been going through. And um, as odd as it seems, like we seem to be into like teen drama and sitcom things. Again, seems weird, but there's a show called All American. And I feel like with that show, I can connect well with it because I see these, I see it almost as like, I'm able to look through the, um, the glasses of a student. And I can kind of like get into that world of, you know, the stressors that they have that are school based and oh, they're not getting the grade they want, or then the social base of, you know, friends doing something that then feels like they're betraying them, um, or something like that's going on, like on the family side of it that a teacher normally can't see. Um, and there was one um, scene in particular where this English professor, English teacher 
told the star student um, or the star football player, hey, you know, like this is an awful paper. You have to totally redo it. But it's right before, you know, this huge game and it's putting all this pressure and stress on them. And essentially, like you see this teacher as this awful person because he's telling him the star athlete, like you have to waste time and do your schoolwork. And <laughs> I can see myself sometimes as like that, that mean teacher as to I want I want more from the student. Like I know how much they could do. And you know, you're like, come on, do better. Like that's all you need to do. And I don't always think about what could be going on in their home life or outside of school. So like it helps me kind of like think back as to I can't jump to conclusions a lot, especially when it comes to younger students who aren't as aware of themselves or um, able to communicate as well as I would like them to. Um, but it also makes me think like when you see the whole episode pan out, he actually saw a lot of potential in that athlete, in the star athlete. And it's okay to push kids because I get nervous with that a lot nowadays that you know, you have to watch out how much you push them and, you know, exactly how you say it. So it was cool to see it's okay to push a, a student to see um, how much they can grow to actually like push their potential, show them that you have confidence in them. And it's not just the great job. You did what I wanted you to do. It's more of I'm giving you a challenge and overcome that challenge to prove to me that you have grown or you have learned. So um, that's like one of the shows that I've brought in and I feel like it's actually like I'm learning something from it, even though it's not an educational show whatsoever. <laughs> it's probably me being an engineer and overthinking everything about <laughs> it. But um, that's just, I'm noticing that's who I am. Whatever it is I'm doing, I'm overthinking it. And I don't know, I appreciate that show. And it, again, it's something that's new to my routine that I've cut out, I don't know, TV, movies, all that good stuff for a while and I'm bringing it back in and I'm starting to feel like it it is a good thing um it's something for me and my wife to at least connect with too so what about you guys well I'm definitely binge watching a lot of shows <laughs> as I do stuff so I I don't ever um I'll never really sit on a couch and, and like watch a tv show as much as if, if I'm watching a tv show maybe I'm, I'm like doing some video editing or like in the shop and that's why i have that tv in there other than other than playing super smash brothers when winston comes to visit and getting <laughs> completely wiped out by him um but but one thing i've been doing differently because i think this is i mean i think you should be doing this at least like once a year but i've been spending time on rethinking my side business goals so Started up the business a while ago, obviously, mainly for fun, making some products, thought it'd be cool to make some videos and and, and maybe sell some stuff. Um, and now I'm really trying to put a lot of thought into, all right, so, you know, we, we are in a struggling time now, right, where, you know, jobs are, are concerned for some people and you never know where we're going to be in a couple of months. And, uh, you know, it is actually really nice to have that income from the side profit, uh, side hustle. So I've been trying to sit I, I spend like i'll spend a little bit of time each day or every other day on where you know where are we going next i want to make sure everything still stays as fun as possible um but you know when i mentioned in the beginning that i was overwhelmed by these dartboards it was it was madness i mean it was all all dartboards anything i was doing other than full-time job it was dartboards uh for like two weeks straight because people i guess were just thought it was a great thing to buy when they're at board at home and i guess some of them you know had the money to spend um and i thought that was great but i don't want to be just a cork dartboard supplier of any sort it, it it you know as any task if you do it over and over again it kind of just kind of yeah it gets boring and all that kind of stuff so i want that that's definitely my top seller and i, I realize that and i want to keep that going strong but, um, you know, I want to be able to make a product or something, whether it makes a, a big difference or a big impact that doesn't actually re require as much hands-on work, but is still a maker type of thing. So I've been looking at some things I could see and see um, that might be a quick, um, you know, maybe a cheaper thing to sell that, that's easier. Um, I've been going back to engineering roots and, and thinking, you know, what's a cool solution um, that, you know, could be a Kickstarter one day or, or, or something like that even. Uh, but I'm um, right now, so, so I really think this is a good time to do it um, with, with just being at home all the time. I'm really trying to focus what are the next steps of my business? What can be, you know, a big hit design that uh, I make that 
can just be produced on a larger scale and, and, and provide income to more of the fun stuff I want to do. Because things like the epoxy Ironman mask, that was my idea that I wanted to do that pitch. And I got lucky that Total Boat wanted to get on board with it. Um, and I, I think that'd be great, honestly, if, if, if social media platforms and all the money that the passive income that comes from that, that keeps growing. I mean, you can't ask for anything better a lot of times, but I also really don't like relying on the business centered around governing social media platforms, right? Instagram, YouTube, they always change their algorithms. People get big hits all the time. Sometimes I think one time they demonetized Casey Neistat for like a couple of days and he like lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. I know like, you know, he, he makes so much that like, obviously, but it still was, you know, he was at their mercy. So um, I would love to grow in that social media platform wise, but I am spending a lot of time right now thinking, what is the next big step for Maker's Best Friend? Where am I going to grow? Um, I've actually been trying to figure out how do I start outsourcing stuff? So dartboards are great. Love making them. Can I find a younger woodworker who wants to get into woodworking that wants to make some cash that can take a percentage of the price? I get to, you know, it's under my name and people trust my orders. So um, I'll get sometimes some type of percentage as well. And I'll start outsourcing that as well. Um, and just keep the business growing at that point. Because, you know, at this point, it's been uh, almost four years. It's coming up to on four years. So I think this is the time to reevaluate where I am now and how to take that next big step. I mean, uh, a big part of that made me realize this is the masks, to be honest, because I had that 3D printer. And I've always said to myself, if I'm buying a piece of equipment, I will make money off that piece of equipment, right? That's, that's how I'll make And if I don't, I'll sell it. Um, so I'm actually selling my drone because I bought that drone hoping I could do some type of, you know, photography, videography or inspections or something with it. And it hasn't paid off even close to it. So I should, in my mind, that drone, it's okay. It's fun, but I don't need it. Um, I hardly use it anymore. That could pay for a Glowforge or something that could actually make profit and is still as much fun as to me. So with the three, the mass that we've been printing, this is the first time you know, uh, I was able to actually get a second printer because we were making um, enough money to cover the materials and help get that up and running for more production for for donating it and selling some of the masks. But Michelle's also been a big part, as I mentioned, at helping complete those masks. And that just kind of hit me as like, well, why am I not doing this more where I can kind of get the design going, get everything kind of started and outsource it not only to my wife obviously but but to a point where we can start growing the business where i'm focusing on other things and that just keeps rolling at that point um so so that's that's i know it's a little bit different from from um probably where we were going with like watching tv shows and stuff but i, I really am trying to focus a lot of my time right now when i have it on where i want to go with the side hustle so there'll be more to come as i i still haven't figured it out um but i i know i want to make some big move at least with it i know i've done a kind of the same thing and then Winston I'll let you go but um where I've tried to sit down and keep thinking through like what is the point kind of you know not like in the scary way but like not what's the point of life but what is the point of me continuing to work on stuff um recently I've been doing a lot of more you know the home improvement stuff and um I was like oh should I be you know making videos of here's a tip you know pandemic tip one you know, weatherproof everything, pandemic tip, um, pandemic tip two, and, you know, do this or that. I've seen a few people doing things um, similar to it. It's like, oh, yeah, I've done a bunch of stuff. I just haven't done a good job at recording it and then making a quick video. Um, so I reached out to one of my friends who I kind of started talking to once the whole pandemic thing happened. He's a video editor. And I was like, hey, look, if I can start taking more videos, would you, you know, be willing to have free time to kind of like edit some of this stuff? He's like, definitely. Like, I'm looking for stuff oh, to do. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, okay, like, you know, this is me finally being smart, like reaching out to somebody who enjoys doing that stuff. I'm already kind of doing the task. It's just a matter of um, capturing the content. So um, I know I've tried to think through, you know, if I had a YouTube channel, you know, what are some of the different types of videos that I would produce? And I'm thinking like, okay, I could have a home improvement section and then, you know, furniture and maybe crafts. And so I'm starting to become, in my mind, like thinking more structured. And that will then help me feel like, oh, this weekend I'm doing home improvement stuff or Saturday I'm doing a home improvement and then a craft project. And I think, again, like that reflection on what you've been doing, what was working and what you enjoyed, maybe continue that. 
um, other stuff, you know, find a modification that you, you know, want to continue with. So, so does that mean you're going to be launching YouTube videos sometime soon, Luke? <laughs> I, I hope so. I, oh, that's been to on it. my to-do list for a long time. Um, something though, and it's something that like I would love to applaud Winston of George. No offense, I just haven't watched your videos yet, so I'm I will no get worries. onto it. <laughs> I will get on it. Um, but Winston, they're like cinematic almost. Yeah. You know, it's they're so clean, and I look at that and I think I'm not at that level, um, and I don't see myself being able to do that, or or maybe even wanting to. But you have a style, or like that's a that's a Winston video man you know yeah. so i think in my head like i feel like i make mistakes often out in the shop i'm um in my head somewhat goofy so i want it to be goofy but i don't want it to be like corny or annoying to yeah. watch there's still got to be a, a somewhat balance and people should have confidence in the person that they're watching i would feel like um so yeah it's kind of like i got to make some things and then start finding um the character that i want to be and I don't want to be fake up yeah. there, but it's like kind of finding who you are again, not trying to get like too out there, but I feel like that's kind of what thoughts are going through my head right now. Dude, I'm three years into this and I'm still trying to figure out my style with YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. all right? I, I mean, like you nailed it. Like Winston nails these cinematic videos. I, I'm way more of a rough and do it type of guy at this point mm -hmm. of, I just shoot and I'll, and, and that's why I'm, it's awesome that you found a friend because I've been looking for anybody who can make a really cool style with my videos that I could start maybe paying for or, or whatever at this point. I literally reached out to somebody on Fiverr the other day and he's like, oh man, your videos are really good. I don't think I could help you. I'm like, my videos are not really good. What are you here doing? <laughs> he was like one of the top rated video editors. I was like, come on, man. Oh man! So I'm on the hunt, man. I'm on the. <laughs> but then again, like that could be your style. Where I know for me, sometimes when I go on YouTube, I'm looking for, say, the shortest clip. Or oh yeah, I've seen this guy before. Let me just click on his. Like he's trustworthy. I don't care about how yeah. perfect it looks. Then there's other times where I'm like, I want to see like a nice video or a quality video. And so yeah, it's just I think you once you that, kind of yeah. find something, yeah, it's whatever works for you and whatever's natural so that you're not feeling like forced into it Agreed. or taking up too much energy. But um, yeah, that's it takes time to find like your voice and your style, though. I mean, like uh, we have a an old mutual coworker, uh, Carl, and his channel, I mean, he's jumped all over the place and it, it took him months before he finally found his niche yeah. so like it's you're not going to get better unless you take that first yeah. step so i encourage you to just even if your your first video is only a couple of minutes and it's short it's it's sort of like the pilot episode of a, a tv series right you're sort of just uh figuring out what style works for you or um like what kind of like camera shots you're going to get for me, just like making sure you have a steady tripod, a good angle. Um, and then I sort of just built off there. Like my first videos were a lot rougher than they are now. So, I mean, just get started. You'll, you will find what works for you, um, but it's going to take some time. Um, sort of circling back, George, like I totally get what you're saying about like in a business, you need to find what inspires you, like what you're passionate about. And like once you sort of have something figured out, like the dartboards, or it's just like a process, and it's it starts to become time consuming. That's when you need to focus on like what's what's the next thing that's going to motivate me to to grow. Um, and it's also reevaluating like what are you good at, what are you not good mm -hmm. at. And I had an epiphany in the shower the other day. Um, I was approached by. A, a middleman company that sells ads for other I gotta stop right there because it sounded like you were <laughs> the way you rolled that out sounded like you were approached in the shower by a middleman <laughs> the, the way you paused <laughs> so uh, you know for clar okay. to clarify for let everybody us, out there let us circle back I was thinking about an email there I got go. <laughs> by a an ad company um, and I was they said that there was a potential opportunity with a company that everyone knows that deals with uh, websites and small businesses. And I got to thinking like, what if I, I took this opportunity? Because um, right now I've got a WordPress blog and it's hosted with a really cheap hosting company. Um, I think I got like two or three years for like a hundred something oh, bucks. Like, yeah. and it's just like, I don't have to worry about it. 
but I've also been thinking like my website is really shambolic like it is trash it's basically it's a blog style format and I haven't touched it in like six months and I've been meaning to revamp it but I've always been thinking like oh I'll just I'll start posting again or like uh, I'll freshen the site up instead of taking a long hard look at like what is the purpose of this website and I was thinking like if this company approached me and they um, like part of the deal was like like hey can you offer me a couple months of hosting or something like with your platform would I want to port over my website in its entirety or would I want to burn it to the ground and start from scratch what do I want to use a website for these days do I want it to be like a wikipedia style repository of projects or do I want it to be a landing page sort of like a business card of a a sampling of like hey these are the things I'm doing um here's my contact info here's some of my videos and just leave it at that because I feel like the trying to maintain the wordpress blog style format was hurting me um trying to keep that repository and not being able to keep it up to date um, sort of harms your reputation more than it helps because when people go to your website they're like well the last time this guy posted was like june 2019 like is this guy even like still alive <laughs> um so that started me thinking like do i need to have a fundamental rethinking of my online presence do i need to change what i think my website is for so i don't know that's that's where i've been so so i agree completely with you and i actually wanted to mention something so i my i have a good photography buddy and he just redid his entire website and i was like man this is so good and i really um i really like the style of Wobi designs website it's like straight to the point the second you go to his homepage, you're like you know exactly what he makes um if you want to buy one of his few products it's right there on his homepage for you to grab and i, I just love the way it's laid out but then kind of like what you're saying, I'm like, how do I want my website to kind of be? And I want to focus more on having um, a shop through my website. Right now, if you click shop in my website, it'll, it'll take you to my Etsy page. But, um, you know, Etsy regulations are starting to kind of be annoying for me. Like if you put something in a tag to get somebody to look it up. Um, so, for you know, I'm selling some of the masks right now to pay for material through Etsy. And if you tag coronavirus as a keyword they delist it and then they send you a warning that if you relist anything in violation you're going to be suspended and possibly deactivate your your shop and i'm like that's again in my mind of i do not want somebody governing my business for me in any type of way so how do you get the traffic shifted from being through the etsy page i've always i've always mentioned this uh, i've been telling winston this probably for at least two years now I want everything, my YouTube, my social media platform, all my products, everything through my website. I control my website. I control how everything's shown. Um, if I decide for ads to be on there, I get to choose it and I get the payment for it. Um, you know, taking that control back, the problem is you don't get the same audience as, as much as you'd get through Etsy or whatnot like that. So, I mean, these are all things that we could probably do a whole nother, you know, podcast on, on how do we... You know, what, where do we grow these businesses to and then revisit that year by year type of thing and see how we're doing even, but that that's, maybe that's for another day at that point. But, but Winston, you never got to answer, you know, has, has anything changed for you with your, are you watching anything new? What, it, with, with COVID-19? I mean, other than cooking videos, <laughs> which is sort of out of necessity, because like when I go into work in the shop, um, like I, I usually don't meal prep on the weekend. So I'll just, I'll go out to eat. And so this this pandemic has been saving me a lot of money but it's also forced me to like just start like revisiting like basic household tasks um and, and sort of like what you were saying uh, before about like when you're looking for a very specific kind of video um like i started doing like some home improvement stuff like i, I was uh, recalking the bathtub because the previous owner of the house had used grout in the corners which is not what you're supposed to do because it doesn't expand or contract when the wall moves or anything so it was like cracking um and when i was like, searching on youtube i was looking for like the shortest video but the highest number of views <laughs> just because I, I don't want someone to give me a 15 minute explanation i want <laughs> give me the three minute version and make sure the thumbs up ratio is at least like 90 percent. so i don't know uh that's it's kind of there are different viewing habits that i've picked up just based on 
the different things that I'm doing nowadays. Just one more thing to add to that. I've been wanting, I've been so tempted because I love cooking and like I love food. So I love eating and I'm pretty into <laughs> cooking. I was like, could I add Capriti Creations Kitchen or something like <laughs> kind of like a pivot to it? Um, but I haven't done that yet. Haven't jumped the gun, uh, but I have been seriously contemplating it because I'm like you, Winston, where it's like, okay, are there enough likes to this video, enough views? You know, is it the right, you know, timing of it? And, you know, finding some sort of tasty style, um, uh, like how to make a video or how to make a certain dessert or um, or entree or appetizer or whatever. And even like little snacks that uh, my wife and I make, like they're, we call them delicious, but, uh, you know, there's, there's ways where I'm like, oh, that's relatively healthy and um, it's really tasty. So I could just do like simple things like that, that could gain me some traffic on Pinterest and YouTube um or even facebook i guess but yeah it's like and then i have a kind of a smorgasbord of okay you make things with wood but you also make things with um you know meats cheeses and vegetables i don't know but again that's kind of like down the Dude, line I check have... out the jimmy duresta video him and uh winston what's um bon appetit is it the yeah uh brad, brad from bon... leone yeah so he made jimmy duresta goes through makes this kick at this awesome grill and then um, they go and cook on it in the second episode to show like the 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 connection between the maker life and the cooking. It's it's the mm -hmm. perfect way to do it. Make okay. a brand new kitchen, uh, <laughs> you know, butcher block counter, and then go ahead and cook on top of it. You know, there's a way yeah. to make it happen for sure. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get. I gotta be more. Um, what's that? Creative or imaginative? But no, I like it. I'll think about it. <laughs> you could have so many marketing opportunities. Like you could do some cooking. You could display it on your like your your fancy charcuterie yeah. board, and you could say, "If you want this charcuterie board, check out there my Etsy go. store." There you and go. Then you could just cross yeah. like cross the the marketing stream. Plan developed right there. Okay, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes, sweet. Good thing I brought that up. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we're we're about a little bit over an hour, but this has been a really great conversation, guys. Always mm -hmm. a, a pleasure catching up. So, um, I think I think we covered everything for today, and we'll catch up again in two weeks. If that works for you guys. Yep. Yeah, really enjoy this chat. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for uh, obliging to my my request for a slightly uh, an okay West Coast start time for this. Hey, anytime, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> worked for me. Always good catch up, guys. Yep. Yeah. All, right. All right. See ya. Take care, guys.